it's time to take your power back. Yes, that's right, your power. As a result of listening to this podcast, you will experience an increased awareness of your inner power, self-love, motivation, self-belief, be inspired and learn new possibilities of what can happen to you when you truly step into your truth of what is completely in tune with your purpose and your aligned path of your existence here in this amazing universe. You are more than enough and this is your sign that it's time to evolve and say yes to your abundance and happiness. If you're in the car driving to work, going for a run or walk on the bus at the gym or flying high in the sky turn your speakers up so without any more delays let me introduce myself i am luke mp aka luke mindpower former driving examiner and cocaine addict now turned motivational artist and speaker i'm here to impact millions of lives through my empowering life transformation and wisdom Find me on all social media platforms and welcome to Luke's Mind Power. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Each week I will bring you an empowering message or person to enlighten your soul and reignite that greatness that you have within you. My friends, together we can change the world. Please note that you could be an inspiration and even save someone's life today simply by sharing this episode with one friend via text or WhatsApp or on your social platforms. So wherever you're tuning in from, I welcome you. Now, let the motivation begin. What's up world and welcome to another episode of Luke's Mind Power Podcast. Today, I have an extraordinary woman from San Diego. Her name is Diana. She is a life coach known as a divine feminine, a yoga and meditation teacher. She is a Reiki practitioner, spiritual mentor, and also has her own podcast, which I know is such an amazing platform to share your story. Intuition is powerful when you know how to use it, and Diana is an intuitive empath, so I'm excited to learn more about that. Her pain is now her power, and her will to succeed and live is evident from her life challenges. So without any more delay, please help me in welcoming the urban indigo, Diana. Oh, hi, Luke. Oh, babe, that was so sweet. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. I know everybody's got their own busy schedules and stuff. And so um, it's really great to connect in this platform, not just through uh, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on to connect with you and your audience. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited. What, what are, what are, what are so many topics that we can talk about? I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, this. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But let's, let's just dive straight in. I mean, uh, you know, for me, everybody has their own story. Everybody's been through their own challenges, adversity and shit yeah. that has taken you uh south you know right um so so give us a bit of an insight as to what you have had to deal with um and then we'll go from there okay yeah um well being from new york uh you know new york is a rough place to grow up so there was always just a lot of violence um you know in the home outside the home um, that just becomes very normalized in your experience there. And so growing up, you kind of just have to always be in survival mode and always kind of be in attack mode. You never know, like, who's coming around the corner to get you, you know? And so 
when you live like that and you grow up like that, there's definitely like the lack of trust and um, just a, a viciousness that you kind of get accustomed to. And so um, when you develop in that way and then you go into your life and you live that way, then you create more of that energy. And so, you know, my, my struggles really come from a lot of pain that was disguised as anger and violence you know, that would eventually lead down to, you know, like a long road of addiction and alcoholism and, and lots of unfortunate events. So yeah, that's kind of where my, I guess my hero story begins. You know? So, so you, you know, you talk about like being in survival mode. Can you go yeah. deeper into like, why are you in survival mode? What, what was going on at the time? What kind of environment were you living in that was, you know, putting you into that um, you know, into that place? Um, yeah, well, I, I lived in a very abusive household. Um, you know, my mother was not, um, she was mentally ill, you know, and so, um, also my father and both my mother are victims of abuse themselves from their childhood, uh, growing up in Thailand. And so, you know, they say hurt people hurt people. And unfortunately, you know, me and my sister were, uh, were victims of, of that same abuse and then also with each other, you know? And so it just, you know, you, when you grow up in an environment where you're always feeling like you need to protect yourself, you don't know when you're going to be attacked. You don't know, you know, like your, your physical well being is always at risk. It creates, um, you know, a world that isn't safe and, and that, um, is always out to get you. And so then I went into, you know, the outside world um, and violence was there. And then I went into my relationships and violence was there. And so, you know, you carry that energy with you into the experiences that you have um, until, until you heal them. And so it took me a little while to kind of get that. So violence was a very prominent part of my existence um, for the majority of my, my younger, my younger years. And then into like my, young adult life so when you talk about um like you know hurt people hurt people and you know you going through that kind of like pain and then you take that you took you, you said you take that then out into the outside world and i hear this a lot because i hear you know people have been abused and if they don't heal themselves then then a lot of i've heard a lot of stories that people then get into relationships where they then get abused again Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, how yeah. does, I'm trying to understand how does that happen? Like, how do you, because you've been abused or because you've got a lot of pain, how do you attract someone that then is abusive to you? Is that because you don't respect yourself? Is that because your the value of who you are is so low that you, you don't, you don't care or you're just attracting someone who has also that energy? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you touched on it. I mean, those are all really um, plausible reasons why, but I think the last one you said was the energy. And I think that's really important is that like, we are energetic beings, right? Like mm. we are um, like, essentially like we're little antennas that are constantly sending out like uh, radio frequencies and always receiving radio frequencies. And so it's essentially like you want to tune your channel, right? So if you're a child and then you get abused, your channel, your radio tuner is turned to the channel of survival and abuse. Love and abuse are related in your 
in your mind and in your, in your the hardened neuron pathways in your brain right this is love is abuse my father and mother love me but they abuse me and so then that is the the special chemistry of the way your energy your radio frequency is sending out into the universe into the world around you into this very energetic like field that we don't see but is very alive and then there's someone else in the universe who was also abused and their radio frequency, the special chemistry of the way they perceive love and abuse to go hand in hand and the way that they, you know, feel about themselves. And also definitely what you said too, the way you feel about your self-worth. And then all of a sudden, like attracts like, wait, that radio frequency is on the same channel as me. And like a fucking magnet, they attract. And then there you go. Mm. You have more of the same. And then... And then it's, uh, you know, the actual abuse, right? You going into a relationship and then someone uh, being abusive, to, you know, physically abusive towards you. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that automatically, because I, I don't know how long, how long were you in a relationship where that it was abusive until you actually got the courage to say, hey, I don't deserve this shit. I'm out, right? Because I, I, I hear also a lot of people, they go through that, but they don't actually leave the relationship. There's some sort yeah. of there's some sort of uh, control mechanism or something that is continuing to make them feel like it's okay for them to stay, or they reason with themselves that no, he didn't mean to, or she didn't mean to abuse me, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and 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 then you don't leave. So, like, what is what is that reasoning? What, why don't you automatically go, hey, I've just been abused physically by this person. I'm going to mm-hmm. leave this relationship. What, where is the, the sense in that? So what I think the sense in that is, is that because that person has tolerated so much abuse in their life, that it's almost, it, it becomes, a, you become desensitized to it. Yeah, where you're like, yeah. it's not that big of a deal or mm. something like that. You know what I mean? Or it's like, oh, it's okay. Like, like you said, they didn't mean it, right? Because when your parents were abusing you, and you continue to love them and that dynamic didn't shift. And then they, you know, would tell, Oh, I didn't mean it. I was upset. I was stressed, you know, whatever it is, you, you repeat those patterns. And so it's the same way where it's like, okay, your partner is abusing you and you're like, well, I'm used to this and it's okay. They didn't mean it. And it's, this is the way that relationships work. This is the way people love each other. You're like, you don't understand that it's very toxic and not normal and very unhealthy because that's all, you know, you know, and so it really takes getting out of your normal, quote unquote, normal way of being this, this abusive like life and really seeing it from the outside and be like, hey, this isn't normal and I don't want to live like this anymore and I want to change, right? And so mm. I think I think for that, that moment has to come for people in different ways. And, and I think it does have a lot to do with your self-worth because, you know, when you're an abused child, your self-worth is very low. You have very low self-esteem, you know, because that's what you were kind of, whether you were verbally abused or physically abused, that's what you kind of learn that you're like, I'm not worth real love. I'm not worth, you know, someone really treating me well. And, and so this is what I deserve. And then, so when you get into those dynamics in your adult relationships, you do kind of admit that like, okay, I kind of deserve this because I'm not really worth that much. And it, it becomes ingrained into your like subconscious mind. And it's really hard to break free from. And, you know, I, and 
for me personally, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that any, my past relationships were one-sided abusive because I was abusive as well. And because I learned abuse too, you know? And so it was, it was very back and forth. So a lot of times if there was abuse, it would almost switch off on who it was. And so sometimes it'd be like, all right, well, he was abusive. And then now it was my, I would, I fucked up. And so it's like, you almost don't leave because you're like, well, I have some guilt in this too kind of thing, you mm. know? So just paint a picture for me, um, whether it's, you know, you living at home uh, with your parents or in a relationship, you know, we talk about physical abuse, but what types of physical abuse are we talking about so that people understand, you know, it's easy to say those words, physical abuse, then you're painting a picture. Okay. What, 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 what kind of, what did they do? What, what, how was it abuse? Can you? Um, well, in my relationships, it was like, pushing shoving like punching each other like kind of like like in the face yeah, yeah really yeah um there was you know instances where like when you know when i used to drink i've been sober now for four years um but you know when i used to be an alcoholic there that would be a huge factor as to like if things are getting thrown or people getting hit on the head with a pint glass like people are getting stitches people are going to the hospital like you know it was it was intense it was intense and um it was extremely unhealthy and i think a lot of times too when you're young and you're repeating these patterns of your childhood you're you're essentially living out the your trauma from your your from your parents out into your relationships and yeah. that's why I, lo- I feel like a lot of these when you, the relationships like when you're younger are think tend to be unhealthy because you're still trying to heal from the things that that fucked you up when you were younger you know from your parents and mm. so um unfortunately yeah but i mean i'm lucky enough to actually re- be really good friends with like maybe like every single one of my exes maybe except for a few um and we've all come to kind of an understanding that like you know we were both growing and we were both learning and we were both fucking up and and we aren't proud of who we were in those moments and and that we and we strive to do better you know and that we like in us being in these toxic relationships we learned a lot you know about ourselves mm. well that's pretty powerful and i and i yeah uh, I'm, I'm kind of i've kind of slightly done the opposite as I I used to think that I could be friends with my um you know previous relationships but Mm -hmm. that was a form for me of the fact that I didn't want to completely detach myself you know again Mm -hmm. the whole thing was that I was you know scared to be alone you know Mm. Uh, and so I would always think that I would try to continue like seeing them or staying friends because of the possibility of hooking up with them again <laughs> and, and not, have, <laughs> not having that attachment, you know, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the fact that you can actually, you know, um, and funny enough, I actually reached out to my ex fiance uh, when I was getting married back in 2012 recently and actually, you know, spoke to her because I wanted to kind of like, set her free in a sense where I knew she felt very guilty for, you know, saying no to me one week before the wedding. And so, you know, it's definitely a big, big thing for you to actually be able to, um, to communicate with your previous partners in a, you know, positive way or know and understand that, yeah, you know, we fucked up, we went through some shit and like, let's, you know, let's make things okay now, you know? And, and that's pretty great to be able to do that. Yeah. I think healing is definitely, um, it's underrated. 
you know people are really quick especially in our society of just like oh i can just block you cut you off and like never have to think about you again but like really on a deep energetic level like it doesn't leave it doesn't leave like that it does that soul um kind of like like energy of who you are together as a couple really lingers in your field and when you do the type of work that i do with sacred plant medicine you really understand that like ignoring things and not dealing with it actually doesn't do anyone any good i mean there's definitely a time where it's like okay like we're not ready to deal with it right now but there's also a time that eventually comes around where it's like you know what maybe i am ready to heal this relationship maybe i am ready to to deal with this and and to 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 heal the wound so that it stops bleeding. And I really come to this understanding recently, you know, I had a relationship that ended last year that, you know, I really thought I was gonna marry and uh, it was extremely painful for me and I was really angry for a long time, but then I really understood that like, by me holding on to that resentment and that anger, I was actually keeping the wound alive. And I was keeping his energy like anchored like and attached to me in which I wasn't able to receive and open myself up to anything new and so after having healed that relationship and really coming to do the work and, and when I talked to him too I said those words I go thank you for doing this work with me because it wasn't about you know letting him know that he was he wasn't wrong because you know or that you know like or really just like condemning him or anything like that but it was more about like let's heal this for the betterment of both of ourselves and both of our individual journeys and so that we can both move forward and be happy um yeah and so healing is uh healing is awesome yeah it is <laughs> it, because it's almost you know for me for a long time i was holding a grudge against against my ex-fiance i was you know yeah. she can she tried to reach out to me over you know a period of five years sending me emails saying hey um, you know, how are you? Tell me about your life. And I was just like, mm. nah, fuck you. You know, you, you, oh, wow. you screwed me over and you, mm. you know, you screwed up my life. And, you know, because I invested so much energy and time and money um, into trying to make it work and then it didn't mm. happen, you know? So I was just like, I just felt so like ruthless and I was like, fuck you, you know? Yeah. But, but now, like, I just, I'm so blessed and I see like everything happens for a reason. And, and you know, had I got married, I wouldn't be the person I am today, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's, it's a, it's a great example to, to, to show and to use for people who are in adverse situations that don't understand why something is happening to them right now. You know, it's always after the fact that you realize possibly when you're you know, conscious that, fuck, I had to go through that situation, you know, mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. happened to me for a reason, you know? And so, yeah, I, I use that now, but I definitely have healed that, that part of me because, you know, um, it was important for me to all, like, I love to come from a place of love. I don't hate anyone. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Everything that you go through happens to you. And, uh, and you know, you can't, if you're going to live your life with grudge and negativity and shit, well, you're just blocking yourself from abundance. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, yeah, very well said. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people get stuck in it. You know what I mean? Because they get stuck in the, in the Ego? hard times and in, in the stress, in, 
in the struggle. They they get yeah. they get stuck in the darkness. That's mm-hmm. what it is. They get stuck in the darkness. And I feel like also with our society where we're constantly trying to treat the symptoms and not heal the root of the wound, right? Where it's like, oh, you're sad? Okay, why don't you go have a take a drink or take this pill or go on vacation and shop here and do something that's going to give you just an instant band-aid over what you're feeling instead of allowing yourself to really go through the emotion. And like people avoid that, right? Because it's hard and it takes uh, time and, it, and it, it's uncomfortable, but it's like through that uncomfortability and through you really committing to, you know what, I'm going to feel these emotions and I'm going to get to the root of it. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. And I'm going to allow myself the space to honor what I'm feeling instead of trying to mask it and suppress it and realize that that is the healthiest way to process your pain, your struggle, your whatever it is, situation that you're going through, you know, there's always needs to be a a process of release, like in the body, like any type in nature, there's nothing that can, you can suppress for so long that won't eventually come to the surface and manifest itself, you know, in one form or another in your life or in your emotions. So is this, is this a sign for anyone that's listening that if anyone's holding any grudges or holding any negativity from previous or past relationships or pain, that this is their sign for them to like kind of heal that or to forgive themselves or to forgive their ex-partner and just move on and know that, you know, it wasn't meant to be, it was, it was meant to teach you something. It was meant for you to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would think just beyond partners, but like life, like situations too, you know, whoever, whoever you're mad at, you're not hurting them, you're hurting yourself. And so negativity is poison, Uh, resentment and hatred and, you know, anger, all that is poison to your own body. And so (laughs) it's like, the more you want to continue to expand yourself and you want to grow and you want to thrive and you want to, you know, reach different levels in your life, whether in your business and your finances and your relationship, you have to go and take care of the root of the tree or the tree cannot grow or can't bear any fruit. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're just like that. Right. And so our roots are internal. Our roots are our emotions. Our roots are our childhood wounds, our, our, our deeper trauma or whatever happened to us that has made us feel this way, you know, over long periods of time, you know, like, and so a lot of times it takes you to really become an adult and then to work backwards in order to move forward. That's powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, But yeah, it's, it's definitely important. And uh, you know, again, you know, I always, I always actually mentioned this, that, you know, sometimes it is just that piece of wisdom or information that you hear. That is that sign from the universe that, Hey, I, you know what? I had to hear that today. Mm, you know, that yeah. shifts your mindset. It gives you that belief and it gives you that, that, uh, that idea, that thought of, Hey, yeah, you know what? I, I think I need to work on that. Um, because yeah, there's many people, even for myself, when I first started this whole speaking journey, my for, the first course that I enrolled myself into through uh, Mind Valley University was um, called um, Unblocking Your Abundance Blocks. Mm. And it was through um, this woman called Christy Marie Sheldon. And it was all about digging deep within your core and unblocking whatever you have within you that you haven't released that's stopping you from reaching your full potential. 
but I never got to actually do the course because I found the speaking course and that's how I kind of started the process of me evolving. But I remember it because I believe in it, you know? Um, So yeah, but um, so just moving forward, um, do you, what you're doing now? I mean, you're doing, you're doing a lot of different things. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously you've gone through a lot of adversity. Um, You've, you've got to the place where you've uh, found something that has allowed you to evolve and you've, you've healed are you completely healed or is it an ongoing process for you to, to, to release that trauma and know that that's in the past now and you're completely a new version of yourself and you're in a new season of your life? Um, give us a, can you give us a bit of a um, you know, background of how you actually were able to get through all that now and, and, and stand up and, and do all these amazing things that you're doing now? Oh, wow. I love, I love the way you put that, this new season of my life. I love that. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah. And congratulations, just, by the way, for being sober for the last four years, because that's fucking hard. And I just quit drinking on the 2nd of October. Um, and, you know, because I'm, I'm really trying to lean into my power, you know, and, and anything that stops me from, from, you know, gaining more power or, or, or living in that greatness, uh, you know, I have to mm-hmm. put to the side you know, so congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations to you. The first month is the hardest. It gets easier after this. I promise. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think the biggest thing from me when I stopped drinking, um, is like feeling left out. It was like, you know, like when people would be at like a wedding, everybody's cheers and I'm like, I don't have have anything to cheers you know <laughs> yep. but then it, you you get over it because you're like you know what I'm actually not missing out you guys are missing out because I get to watch you guys be like jackasses while you're drunk <laughs> and enjoy this and it's like so funny you know so um, yeah um so yeah how I got to where I'm at okay so four years of being sober really started with my four years of doing um sacred plant medicine, ayahuasca. So I've been working with ayahuasca now for four years and it's been the most transformative, life-changing experience that I can, I I can't, it's hard to describe in words. It really is. It's a transcendent experience. And um, how I found it was in such divine alignment too, or it's just, like you know I had a mental breakdown when I was 26 I was living in New York City I was living the high life I had all the things I wanted externally but internally I was miserable I was an alcoholic I was a drug addict I was an abusive relationship I was not a nice person I was just like like a shell of myself I was an empty soul just floating around and I had a mental breakdown when I was 26. 26 is actually your year of your Saturn return. So any of my astrology, like um, people out there, you know, 26 is your Saturn return because Saturn takes 26 years to make a loop around the sun. So Saturn is the same place where it was when you turned 26 as when you were born. And so what they call that the Saturn return is it's almost like um, like a, a, a graduation of your younger soul into your more adult, more mature soul. So a lot of times between the years of 26 and 29, if you realize a lot of people don't make it past those years, a lot of people die, you know, and um, like, you know, a lot of celebrities and a lot of artists, they say die at 27 um, because that's your Saturn return. And it's the most intense transformational time of your life. And it definitely was for me as well. um, You know, finding ayahuasca for the first time, 
doing, sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony uh, in New York and just realizing that I had been ungrateful for my life <laughs> and that I was um, so blessed to have had experienced so much trauma and so much struggle and so much pain and realizing that all of these experiences were gifts because they allowed me to be in that moment where, right where I was looking at my life from this aerial view and seeing how much you know God loved me to give me these experiences that they were there for my expansion and for my growth and for my evolution and I, I wouldn't have been as strong or resilient um, without them. And it was preparing me. And I love it because one time my astrologer actually called it training. She goes, you went through your training. And I love that she puts it that way. And I always like to look at it that way too. Where it's like any great hero in any type of, you know, fairy tale story comes from a place of deep struggle or trauma or, you know, just the downtrodden darker place. And the rise into the light is is where the story usually picks up you know and so i uh yeah I, it's crazy you know after my first ayahuasca ceremony i was unable to drink after that which is you know i'm gonna say unable because i definitely definitely tried <laughs> i definitely tried to drink after that and i was just like violently sick and i was an alcoholic you know so that was really weird and i was just like something is up like something is just happening right now like why can't i have this one drink and not like start vomiting right now and so um and it's come to find out since i've been working with ayahuasca ayahuasca really hates alcohol so if you ever try to mix ayahuasca and alcohol, you are going to regret it. It's really bad. And so, um, yeah. And then, you know, I used to do, and, and I know you and I have, uh, can relate on this. Like I used to be like a huge drug addict as well. And like Coke was my thing for a long time. And I didn't see the sun for about a year or, and plus I didn't see my friends. I didn't see people at all. I was like a vampire. And so to really like release that from my experience and release that from my addiction was like major. And so it was life-changing, you know? And so things would ha kind of happen in alignment after that, where, you know, I just kind of found another ayahuasca ceremony like a month later. And then like in that ceremony, you know, the medicine communicated with me and the medicine being the ayahuasca spirit, right? She's like the grandmother spirit of the earth. And she is the all encompassing, um spirit of life if you will you know you can call it god you can call it spirit you can call it source whatever you want to call it but the the cosmic mystical life force that drives nature that's who you sit with when you sit in an ayahuasca ceremony and when you sit with her and you you start building that relationship with her she starts to communicate with you and she starts to give you signs and inclinations and messages about where you should be moving forward in your life and so she told me that I was going to move to California and at this time I didn't realize that that was a message I thought that I just got these random thoughts and so after um, a week after that I got fired from my job in New York and then a week after that me and my ex got into the biggest physical fight that ended us and then I had to move out and so I remember <laughs> I was so depressed I wasn't eating I just was like a a shell of myself trying to find a new apartment and I remember I was like curled up in a ball in my 
office and my right hand took like a life of its own and started kind of like just grazing my head and just like kind of caressing me and I heard a voice and she said I love you I will never leave you and you're gonna be okay and in that moment I just sat up that just gave me shivas (laughs) it just gave me chills too I sat up and I thought to myself, hey, I visited San Diego like two years ago and I really liked it. And I stayed at an Airbnb with this girl and I have her phone number. She was really nice. Let me text her. And I texted her and said, hey girl, do you know anybody looking for a roommate? Because I'm looking to move. And she's like, I'm looking for a roommate. And it was just like, she had some emergency construction happen at her apartment. She had to find an apartment ASAP. She did all the legwork within three weeks of that conversation. I had an apartment in San Diego within a month of that. I moved. I had zero money, like zero money, (laughs) but I had taken out a credit card um, um, on my ex's furniture. And so he paid me out cash on it It was $3,500 and it cost me exactly $3,500 to move like to the dollar. Like, I was amazed. Like, when I got there, she had furniture for me because she did Airbnb. And, like, it was the easiest move of my life. And it was across the country. And I, like, felt like I floated out of there. Like, I felt like I had zero control. Like, I was on this water slide that just kept pushing me forward. And at the end, I just got to this pool. And I'm like, okay, like, I'm here. And uh, I don't know how the fuck I got here. And I don't know what to do. But I'm just going to continue to figure it out. And so you know, since I've invited the medicine into my life, since I've embarked on this journey um, with, with this, with this ayahuasca spirit, with the spirit of life. And once I've really surrendered um, my life into the hands of this mystical force that drives us, like things have continued to unfold for me in this way. And, and so I've gotten to a point now, you know, I've sat, it's been four years and I've sat in like over 40 ayahuasca ceremonies up until this point. And our relationship is so good now. Our communication is so clear that like, I don't ever question anything, anything at all. Even when things happen when I'm late or like, you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm late because I just missed a car accident. And I just, just saved from that. Or I, we, you know, I had a breakup. You know what? I just got a blessing because that, that person was not right for me. If I get fired from my job tomorrow, I'd be like, thank you so much for opening up the space to give me new opportunities. Like I really understand that everything is a gift and you really have to, you know, shift your perspective to seeing in that way. And then it becomes it. And it's just really that simple. I believe it. But there are, many, there are many people out there, as well as myself, who have absolutely no idea what ayahuasca is. Okay. <laughs> Can you give us um, a bit of uh, understanding of what it is, what it does, the process, and how it can yeah. help you? Yeah, absolutely. So what's funny, I, I know you're in Australia. I don't know exactly where in Australia, but Sydney, I've Sydney. not... I've, Oh, in Sydney. Awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. So I actually have gone to the jungle in Peru and the Amazon with a bunch of Australians um, on like a retreat. And so I met a bunch of Australians. So I heard that like it's actually pretty prominent out there as well. So I definitely think that you can find um, some circles like like near your area that you'd be able to join. But so basically what it is, is... um, it's a it's a tea. It's an ancient tea made of the ayahuasca vine and the chacuna leaf. 
and it's been used for over 5,000 years by all ancient civilizations, the Mayans, the Aztecs, the Incans, um, and it is a form of healing. At, at the core of any ancient civilization, they do have plants as their main form of medicine and healing. And so, you know, and I love to make this analogy because it blows people's minds that Avatar, James Cameron actually received the concept of the movie Avatar while he was sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony and then made the movie Avatar. And the tree in the movie Avatar is actually ayahuasca. And then in the movie Black Panther, the purple plant in which they ingest and then go into the spiritual world is ayahuasca. So these plants, you know, and I'm really coming to the understanding that they have spirits and they have possessed immense power and the people in the Amazon jungle, the tribe, they really understand that. And so I remember the story of someone telling me how the first person knew to, to cook ayahuasca in this way was that they received a divine message that said take this vine take this leaf make cook it in this way and they just follow the guidance and what it really is it's like this gift from mother earth for us to take in this ceremonial way it's just a tea that's usually you know uh, facilitated by a shaman that you know you'll come into a ceremonial kind of like space whether it's outside or in somebody's house or and um and really sit with your intention of what it is that you're looking to to heal, what you're looking to um, work through, and what you're looking to create in your life. And and so when you take when you take the ayahuasca, it's a little like a little shot glass, which is like one cup. It's very little. And then you kind of sit in like silent meditation for maybe like 45 minutes to an hour, in which the shaman will open up the space, he kind of clears the space, he puts like a protection grid over the area to just protect us from any like other darker energies from entering, you know, the sacred space. And he holds it, he holds it for, he, for the whole night. And this is why it's really important to really uh, source out who and where you're, you know, doing this kind of work to make sure that you're in a place of integrity and you know? of love and, and that you're going to be protected but um so yeah. is it like a psychedelic or is it something that you have to actually believe in for it to work because um you know for example like me i is it something that like does it have a effect like a drug like when you take something for example and it increases your heart rate or it makes you feel mm. high or something like that because for example for me I get very anxious. Like for example, when I used to use Coke, I would have to drink mm. with it. If I didn't drink, my heart rate would get, you know, I just get anxiety mm. and, and feel mm. like I'm going to pass out, you know? So, you know, I think about this and I'm like, I'd be afraid to take it because I hate getting anxiety on drugs, like smoking mm -hmm. weed. I get anxiety, you know, I get paranoid. Yeah. Um, so is it, does it have that kind of effect or is it different? So yeah, it doesn't have that type of effect. And so what it would be classified as is a psychedelic. However, I'm going to be the one person that say it's not because it's medicine. And I don't like the, the, the stigma of a psychedelic, like it's a shroom and you're drunk and you're giggling and you're all like out of control. And that's absolutely not what it is. And you don't, and, and that anxiety is definitely something is, is a very normal concern that people have. And the way that I like to explain it is, it returns you to your true state. 
because you're with spirit, right? You're with source, you're with God. And so your true state is of groundedness, peace, love, and compassion. And anxiety is a disease of the mind. And fear is a disease of the mind. And when you're in that place, when you're in an ayahuasca ceremony and you're with that spirit, there's no way that you would ever allow those diseases of the mind to, to come into that. It's not that you wouldn't allow, it's impossible. It's impossible. Because you're in your truest state, you're in your higher self, mm. you're in your higher state of consciousness. And in those places, anxiety, fear, and all that, they don't exist. And so it's funny because I felt like a lot of times, like in the beginning of my journey too, like I'd go into ayahuasca ceremony, I'd get all nervous and stuff and like have a little bit of anxiety, my heart's racing. And then I would get into the ceremony and it, like everything would settle down. I get into my true state of expansion, of love, of unconditional, universal, cosmic transcendence and realize what what was I worried about <laughs> what was I worried about of course anxiety doesn't exist here of course fear and hate doesn't exist here like this is you know this is it is a much higher frequency than that yeah yeah well I mean it's it's great that you found something that works for you and that mm. you believe in and that has allowed you to heal and to you know evolve and to like you know move towards your your true higher self you know um yeah and and it's yeah it it must it must be an amazing feeling um but i just want i just want to ask you because obviously we connect uh you know we both were addicted to drugs um and i wanted to ask you about cocaine like when you were using it like what 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 is and why is it so addictive like what is why is cocaine so addictive like in your perspective like what's your opinion um well in my experience it was addictive because i have an addictive personality because i was suffering a lot of trauma Mm. and carrying a lot of pain and therefore i was grasping at anything that would numb that pain Mm. and relieve me of it for any amount of time so if you're not if you're fully healed if you've done the work and you continue to come back into your wholeness then it wouldn't be addicting because you're like, I don't need anything to be high. I'm high off life. I'm high off love, you know? And so when you're in a very low, low place, you need that serotonin boost. You need that extra, you know, bump to feel alive. But I mean, in, in our natural state, without all the trauma, without all the baggage and without all the, you know, the bullshit that we accumulate over years and years of life experience, like that is our true state. So now that you don't use cocaine, do you still know people that do? Oh uh, yeah, I do. And, and now do you, do you look at them differently or can you see that because you healed yourself and because you feel high naturally and that you were always trying to escape your reality, you're always trying to numb your pain because that's what I was doing as well. You know, mm-hmm. it, it gave me a sense of confidence. It gave me, it made me feel powerful. It, um, mm-hmm. it took me away from the person I was because I wasn't happy with myself. I didn't love myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and, and so now do you see other people's pain? Is yeah, that, I do. And, 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 and by seeing that, the other question is also, if you are in a place of 
um, of truth and you are in a natural high, can you use cocaine as a recreational drug every now and then? Mm. So to answer your first question. Go for it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, to answer your first question. Yeah, I have, I see people suffering and I see them in addiction and I see them in their alcoholism and all of their, and their numbing coping mechanisms. And I have deep, deep compassion for them. And I understand that they're struggling and that maybe one day they will be able to break free of that. And I hope and pray for, for that breakthrough in their, in their life. Um, but I also know that it's not my responsibility and that everybody's journey is their own to walk and their, mm-hmm. their baggage is their own to carry. And so I can only continue to live in my truth and hopefully shine a light in a way that can help inspire others. Um, to answer your second question, do I feel like you can use it in a recreational way now that I'm healed? I honestly, I don't know just because I, I've never tried it, but I'm going to be honest. I have no desire to, <laughs> you know, like I just don't, I don't have any, any type of desire to it. And also I feel like in my, because I'm like, my body is so pure in like now, right. Where it's like, I don't even take like Advil. Like I don't take, like, I try not to take any type of man-made drugs. Like I drink a lot of tea. Like if I'm sick, I drink like a nature tea. Like everything I do is with plants and only with plants. And so I try to be very organic in my diet. I don't eat red meat anymore. So my body is super sensitive. Like I can't even have green tea or else I'll like, like freak out. Like I'm too, it's too much caffeine for me. <laughs> so but like honestly, like if I was to picture myself doing cocaine again, I'd probably freak out. Like I'd probably like be, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I'd probably go to the hospital or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 all right. That's fine. It's it's hard, I guess it's yeah. hard for people to understand. But when you've gone through your experiences that you have, it's understandable. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And and it's and it's yeah. great. It's great that you can, you know, move away from that now and, and step in, like I said, to this new season of your life. And focus mm-hmm. on focus on the things that you enjoy. Focus on things that you love doing. You know. So, um, yeah. but you're just going back as well to that 27, that Saturn return that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So at 26, right? But what did you say happens at 27? There's a massive shift in your life. Oh, so it it starts at 20. It goes from 26 to 29. Right, because so like, at 27, yeah. that was when I was getting married, that's when that did not happen. And that's when I was oh, hurting. Wow. Right? So I just connected with that. And I was like, Whoa, you know, I didn't, I, I, I'm not aware of, you know, like I went from having a very closed mind. Uh, you uh-huh. know, I, I didn't believe in like horoscopes or uh, astrology or spiritualism or uh, you know, I was mm-hmm. very closed minded um, and, and really like, uh, programmed and conditioned into believing, uh, you know, the faith that I was brought up in and, and, and how, how I was, you know, brought up. Um, and mm-hmm. so, so now I'm, I'm completely opposite, you know, very open-minded wow. um, and, and, and very interested and, and, and curious, you know? Yeah. So, so when I hear about things like this, I'm like, wow, you know, and, and I'm really connected with the universe and, and spiritualism and, and I see signs everywhere and all that kind of stuff. So hearing that was, was um, powerful. Um, oh, wow. Now, how old are you now? 35. Okay, yeah. So between those years was like when you had a massive shift in your consciousness. And then you are, you know, on the trajectory of where you 
are change complete change of trajectory of where you were going to where you you're, you were going then and where you end up now you know it's like such a yeah it's a very crucial life shifting like time and so it tends to be a very uncomfortable and intense time as well <laughs> yep um, yeah but That's it's right. good you get out on the other side of it and you're like oh okay yeah man absolutely <laughs> absolutely um so you know, you, you lived in New York. Uh, you, you were obviously surrounded by a lot of, you know, celebrities. I heard on your other podcast that you did as well. You're working in clubs. Um, you worked with some celebrities. So the money, the fame, the attention being admired, what is success and what does it mean to you? Mm, yeah. So, I mean, back then or what it means now? Well, now, like ever, you've been through it, like you've seen the other, you've kind oh, of yeah. seen the other side of your experiences yeah. with, with high profile people, where are you going? Like, what's your mission? Oh man. So success to me is, is freedom, happiness, love, connection, you know, true integrity and authenticity, not only from within, but then without, you know, and true alignment in your soul purpose. Like that was, that is what success looks like to me now um, from from this, in this particular season of my life. And um, where it's going for me is really coming into my role um, to be of service. And I've continued to he to feel and, and hear that and experience that um, in my ceremonies where it's like, I needed to share my gifts. I needed to teach yoga. I needed to, you know, be, become a Reiki practitioner because I am very in tune with energy and I know how to heal people. And then now it's like, okay, I'm coming into this place where it's like, I'm finally getting out of my, uh, what is it? They call it the imposter syndrome of really understanding that I do have wisdom and value to give to people and that I can coach people and that I can help them get out of their darkness and you know find their healing journey and find what worked for them and really be a soul mentor to them through their integration process out of the darkness into the light mm. and you know a lot of the past four years for me was really about healing myself, but then really understanding it again, that's the training process, right? Because the universe wants to know that you can heal yourself before you, you're able to heal other people. And so I'm really coming into this place where I'm in the midst of developing like my coaching program where I can really help people navigate through these, you know, dark waters of their being and really navigate through this, old trauma or just blockages in their field and really finding a way to help them break free of their prison of pain and be come back to their wholeness and to, to the to their full natural state of who they are which is of love and it's life. pretty it's pretty amazing and, and i mean it's crazy how you know you go through these experiences and the life experience that you've gone through and you've come out on this other side, you know, you're, you're, you've come out over the top of this mountain and you can see the light and you're like, you know what, now I want to help others climb the mountain and get over the top and over the other side. You know, it's, it's amazing how that works. And, you know, I have to say that I'm still, I have to say there's parts of me that I'm still, that I still need to work on. Yeah. But I've gotten this far that That's I know a... that it's possible to help others, you know? Yeah, and I, I'm going to be 
honest, I feel like there's never not going to be a time where you need to work on things. Like, I mm. still have stuff I'm working yeah, on, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where you're going to be like, I'm completely healed, unless, like, you're dead. You know what I mean? Because yep, yep, then, yep, like, yep. Great then point. you're completely healed. <laughs> but I feel like regardless of what you have to work on yourself, and this is a message for myself to myself and for your audience and to you as yes. well, Luke, that no matter what you feel like you're still working on or struggling through, you still have value that you can offer to others, even while you're still working on things for yourself. You still have things that you can add to people's lives and wisdom to share and knowledge to share. And regardless, if you're still learning, because the more you learn, then you have more to share. Absolutely. Sure. You know, Absolutely. and so it's like, it, don't let that stop you from continuing to spread your light and share your mm. heart in whatever way that that looks for you in your life. And so, you know, it really, it took me a long time to realize that too, where I was like, I have to be completely healed before I can do anything. And it's like, no, you don't. Yep. <laughs> you know, you don't, it's a never ending process. That's what makes life so fun, right? It's like, it's, it's the, this masterpiece of your your existence where you get to like paint over here and then reconstruct this over here and then paint over that and it's just mm, like mm, it's mm. supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be enjoyable to explore life in this way and really looking at it through the eyes of a child and be like wow like look at all of the different things that we can do and create and and enjoy and and experiment with you know and and allowing it to be that like a just a constant exploration of self of your life of your being and and a constant expansion and growth and evolution of of who you are yeah i think a lot of times we're limiting ourselves ourself and you know the more we do the more we can do you know so mm, yeah, yeah it is it is a whole you know if you're willing then there's so much out there and and that's the beautiful thing about self discovery. You know, you you just don't know what you don't know. And so, <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, yeah. it's so true. But um, but you know, this is the the beautiful thing about what we're doing. You know, having kind of a platform like this where someone can listen and be sparked by one sentence that you say and go, oh my god, you know, yeah, that was that was it. That was that was the sign, or that was what I needed to hear today. And that's it. I'm going to change my life, or I'm going to move in a different direction, or I'm going to break up with that person, or I'm going to change my job, whatever it is. Yeah. You know? So I'm going to move to another city. Um, yeah. But hey, let's talk about being normal. Staying normal. Oh. <laughs> staying normal shows a lack of courage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. You know what? Because I'm being faced with this, and I, I'm sure you you are in your life too, because we decided to use our voice, right? And we decided that we wanted to um, embrace our individuality and and embrace our uniqueness in the in the way of sharing our message, you know, on similar platforms, podcasts, speaking. And I'm sure that you're facing as much as I'm facing a lot of. A resistance from the people that have known you for a long time or have known you from your past or, or people in your in your current environment that are just like what do you think you're doing who do you think you are oh you think you're special kind of thing you know what I mean and um, I really came into this resistance recently and I had to be like yeah I am fucking special doesn't mean that you're not special but I had the courage to embrace my specialness, to acknowledge that it's there, and to allow it 
to fucking shine. And so, yeah, if you want to continue to pretend that you're normal when you know you're special deep down inside, that's fine. But that just shows that you're scared. It shows a lack of courage. It shows that you fear what the capability of your specialness could potentially be in this world. And you do no one any service by playing small. You do nothing for the, for the collective universe by not embracing your gifts and embracing your individuality and allowing your heart, your true authentic heart to shine. Because you know what? God made every single person in this world so different because the way that the energy and the light shines through you is, uh, is only specific chemistry that you can bring forth into this physical world. And if you don't do your work to, to allow that to come through and manifest itself in a physical form, of whatever it is, whether it's your art, your music, your podcast, your writing, whatever it is, if you don't allow that to come through, you, you're wasting it. You're wasting it. And it's a shame. So yeah, be you're different. Doing, you're doing a disservice to the universe. Yeah. So yeah, be everyone is special, but embrace it. Be special. Allow yourself to be special. And don't let people that are scared of their own specialness stop you from coming into yours because they're just scared. But it doesn't mean that you have to be. And you don't, and not allowing other people's limited thoughts and limited beliefs to come in and, and really just stop you from from being like your fullest expression of, of human manifestation, you know? So, well, yeah. the, well, the whole, you know, internet, social media world and all these different platforms really does give the opportunity to allow people to shine. If you're willing, yeah. you know, yeah. like, are you willing to be brave enough to say, Hey, you know, I am here, you know? and be bold and, and courageous and, and free, you know, and, and, and social media does give you that ability. You can use social media for, you know, making a positive impact for inspiring people for, you know, the, the, in the right format, you know, not to compare yourself to others or not to promote negativity or, you know, whatever, right. but, but it's, you know, it, it is possible. And, and that's what I love to promote that, you know, I, it is, you know, being used in a way where I'm inspiring people and making a difference in people's lives as much as, you know, the more action I take, the more I grow and evolve. Um, you know, I'm sure it works <laughs> the, same, the same way for you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but um, that was really powerful what you just talked about. And I, and I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. So deep, man. It's, um, yeah. And I just want to touch on the whole social media aspect, because I think a lot of times social media, like we think that we should be doing what is going to get us the most likes and the yep. most followers, yes, right? Because yes, that's yes. kind of like the serotonin bump that we get is like, oh, someone liked it. Oh, someone's following me. Like, yes. you know, but in reality, like I, I lose more followers by being my most authentic self. And like that just shows me that like they were never in alignment with who I truly was anyway. Mm. And I'm like, okay with that, you know, yep. because the more that I'm coming out into my 
truth and really like speaking and utilizing my unique voice and sharing the message that's coming through me through like delivered to me from spirit and really pushing me out there like I'm seeing people that I'm like oh okay I don't think you ever really supported me anyway like you just thought I was hot so you were following me so now that you that you realize that I'm woke and I have like all this stuff to say like you don't want to hear it anymore but it's like it's okay like you're not for everybody and that's cool because you're going to be for somebody and that person that you're going to affect and that person that you're going to make an impact on is going to be worth so much more than the people that don't fuck with you you know yep it's all right you got to release it you got to release this whole social media hold of like should i do this or should i do that do what feels right for you tune into yourself listen to your divine guidance listen to your intuition and follow that because it'll never steer you wrong key word and the next question i was going to talk to you about and i know you got to go very soon but intuition something Mm -hmm. that i was never in tune with something that i never listened to and mm. uh, and especially me evolving, growing, and transforming into this new version of myself, uh, you know, eventually, you know, me being connected with, uh, you know, so many people, ha- I've got such a bit, I had, and I still do, but I obviously I don't have the time and it's not a priority for me, a big social circle, a lot of friends, you know, a lot of WhatsApp groups that mm. I had with people with mess, like 20 people writing messages here and there, sending pictures and porn and whatever, whatever it is you know, <laughs> being, being sent, you know, on these, on these messages. And so, um, you know, I was in Chicago this year and, uh, and there was this one point where, you know, I was trying to disconnect myself from anything that wasn't adding value to my life. Mm-hmm. And one of these groups that I had, I really wanted to leave it, but they're my really close friends that I've been close with for such a long time. And I just wanted to have my phone with, nothing beeping just with what I'm, what's important to me and what I want to see, you know, and I realized that everything that I consume into my mind is programming my mind. And so Mm. I wanted to be in complete control of, you know, me. Right. And so, and so one of the things that I had to do and it was my, I could feel my intuition was telling me you need to leave that group. Mm. And eventually I got the courage and I wrote a message and I said that I'm leaving the group. Unfortunately, it doesn't add value and it's not aligned with, you know, my path of, of who I am and what I'm doing. And uh, if you want to contact me, you can contact me personally, but I'm leaving the group. Much love. Mm. Yeah. And so I want to connect with intuition and I want you to explain because you say that you're an intuitive empath. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So what is intuition? How do people use it? And um, yeah. Um, So I just want to just note on what you just said, like kudos to you, because I think what your intuition was asking you was to really lay down a boundary of what was what type of energy you wanted to to carry forth into your future. Right. Yes. And so like you, like, even though, yeah, it's like a small message in a WhatsApp group, it's actually a, a, a strong boundary that you put down that rippled out into the universe that then would up level everything else. Now that you've set that bar, that everything else that's going to come into your experience is going to be up at that level. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it's going to be on more elevated experience. It's going to be more in alignment with what you were looking for because you put, you set that bar and because you you demand it, you say it, you ask for it, and then you receive it. That's kind of how the, 
the exchange works in the energy fields, you know? So yeah. That's well, what, awesome. ha what happens when you start listening to your intuition? What happens to you? Because what I believe is that once you start listening to your intuition, that little voice within you, your gut feeling, yeah, you're moving towards your alignment. You're yeah. moving towards your truth, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Your intuition is your higher self. It is your connection to source, to God, to spirit. And so your intuition is always communicating with you and it knows what's best for you and it sees everything and knows everything and so it's like it already lives in the future and constantly in the past too you know what I mean where like time is not like this linear thing that we experience time is more of like a you go upstairs to go in the future and you go downstairs to go in the past you know so it's like your higher self your your deeper knowing your intuition is always guiding you to your highest like state of evolution your highest form of being and so how you know to answer your question from before how do you get into with your intuition you really got to clear it you got to clean it out and I mean I'm talking about um violent tv um you know like you said like bullshit messages or bullshit people are just like I don't I don't even own a tv like I don't even like try to intake any of the noise that like they try to like they're programming conditioning the brain in this way right like I really try not to even ingest I'm very very careful of the information that I ingest into my being so I really only like to listen to really uplifting podcasts like this or like I listen to audiobooks that I'm really always intaking energy that's going to empower me or going to put me in a higher state of frequency that that's where I want to be. Right. And so, um, cleaning up your diet is a huge thing. I'm going to, I hate to be a meat hater cause I'm not, but it's like, I eat chicken and fish, but red meat is going to be one of your biggest things from blocking your intuition because naturally like, we're really not supposed to be eating it. It creates a lot of acidity in our body as well. So it doesn't, your body is a vessel. So when I really was referring to your, 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 you're being as an antenna. So you're clogging up the lines of your antenna receiving messages when you're putting things into it that are not the best for it. So I'm not saying that you need to cut it out completely, but maybe slow it down or maybe eat, you know, sustainably sourced meat, organic meat, you know, and not eat so much fast food and things like that. You're poisoning your antenna. You're not, your, your messages are coming in all distorted now and, or your messages are not coming in at all because it's all clogged up. You know, so a lot of diet has to do a lot of it. Uh, staying active, keeping the energy moving in the body, yoga, being, you know, just fitness in general. Because again, your body is an antenna. And if things get clogged, like energy, like your field, your energy field can get clogged with, you know, whatever it is, you're driving, somebody honks at you, somebody yells at you, all of that negative stuff, you get clogged up in your energy field, all of a sudden your message is like, you're feeling low, your frequency is low, your vibration is low, you're not receiving messages, the messages are coming out distorted, they're not coming in at all, because you need to continue to keep it clean. And so when you're doing yoga, and you're working out, you're moving energy in your body, you're really releasing like tension or stress, anxiety, whatever it is that might be clogging up your fields. And so um, meditation, meditation is huge for this. Okay. So I know meditation is like, everybody's like, okay, yeah, meditation, we get it. No, but like, seriously, like <laughs> you, 
I, if you don't, I have a hard time that I've always had a hard time meditating. So for me, I do things that put me in a meditative state. I like to cook. So for me, when I'm like chopping up like veggies and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I'm in a meditative state. Um, yoga for me is meditation and motion. I also do, um, this has been really transformative for me. I do like, uh, de uh, deprivation floats. Yeah. Like sensory deprivation floats, Epsom salt tank floats. If anybody knows of that. I've I don't know if it. you're familiar. Yeah. I, I so saw you were doing, you message, you, you talked about it on one of your stories. Yeah. I, that was, yeah, that's, that's been really awesome for me because you go into a float tank, it's pitch black, right? It's a thousand pounds of Epsom salt. And so you're just floating there in the dark silent right so it's like a lot of times you can't meditate because like this is distracting you these people are making noise the dog is barking whatever it is you have zero excuse in that in that tank like you, <laughs> it's literally just you and you're floating too so you're, you have zero sense of your body you're weightless right so it's like people like say that it's like it's almost like you're in this spacesuit because you're completely weightless so when you lose all sensation of the body you're just pure consciousness and so meditation actually gets you like you are able to get so much there faster in those float tanks but it's an investment but it's awesome too because I, I just love it I, I also recommend to go for at least 90 minutes to two hours because if you're like me it takes you at least like 30 or 40 minutes to settle your mind down before you can like really get into it um going to a sound bath i think is really good for meditation because you're in a group setting and also meditating in large groups i used to organize a meditation group and i also see the the impact of how when you meditate with a group of people the collective energy is so much stronger than when you meditate by yourself so maybe if you want to seek out meditation groups or sound baths or events or somewhere where you can go meditate with a large group of people because their frequency will allow you to attune to uh to your more meditative state easier but for me what i've just recently started doing which has been really helpful i literally wake up the first thing i do when i wake up i go i just meditate because i'm half already half asleep so there's not much going on in my head my phone's off i sleep with my phone on airplane mode because those electronic waves like during your sleep it's really gonna fuck up you and your subconscious dreams so my phone's off i wake up i sit right up get into meditation I'm half asleep, not much is going on. I can sit, breathe, and kind of wake up in that way. And so I don't have like a set time where I'm sitting like, you know, I have to sit for, I'm not rigid like that. Like I sit until it feels good, until I get to like the place where, and sometimes it doesn't even need to be just a clearing of the mind. It could just be, oh, I want to visualize. Like visualize, visualization is a huge part of manifestation, right? So sometimes if I can't clear my mind because I'm thinking like a million things about what I'm going to do today, I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to go into the visualization of where, where I want to see my life, what I want to come into my experience, and all yes. the things that I want to be blessed with. That. And so, yeah, and then so that visualization will actually get me into a state of meditation because I'm so high off the visual and I'm like, oh shit, this is awesome, you know? And so, <laughs> um, yeah, and that those are all the ways in which your intuition can come through. Um, yeah, sorry, that was a That's little awesome. rant right there. <laughs> yeah, man, no, no, it's, uh, it's deep, but it's true. Um, and, you know, just going back to like, you being in complete control of what you consume, you know, I went through that last year, completely connect with it. And I learned that positivity is a superpower. Um, and the more that you're in control of what you consume, what you read, what you listen to, who you speak to, mm. everything is programming your mind. And so 
I basically disconnected myself and I learned that the more that I do that, the more I empower myself and the more that I have control to reprogram and, and really, really own, uh, you know, what evolves from me. Yeah. You know? So very powerful. Um, but meditation quickly, people that don't meditate and, you know, you talking about it, what are the positive effects of meditation? Um, what does it do to you? What is it? I do. I do you, it every day, but I, oh, I end up like, yeah. falling asleep after 20 minutes. <laughs> um, oh, one more thing. Insight Timer is an app that I used for years before I was able to just do it silently by myself. So just, uh, yeah, that one's a good one too. Um, it's on in the, in the app store. Uh, what does it do for you? It really allows you to find more stillness in your rampant thought because a lot of times we're run by our brains right like mm. our, we got to do this we got to do that and this is doing blah, 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 you know and it's like you're a mile a minute so you're never actually present you're always in the past or in the future and in the present moment is when you have access to all of the intuition all of the codes all of the downloads you know all of the guidance so it's like you're never really in tune so it's like again being the radio signal right where you're just like like if you're not if you're not meditating then you're just constantly ch like flipping through channels you never just stop on one channel and like listen to that show you know you're just getting white noise all the time and so i feel like meditation really it lowers your stress levels it gives you greater perspective on things it makes you realize that you know it doesn't really it for me personally like it allows me to handle and deal with stressful situations in way healthier like it just like so many different ways like like you know things that normally would like really throw me off or really like take me like longer times to recover from like don't really do that anymore like i can look at a situation or like have like an angry person come at me or whatever things that just like would normally like really trigger me i don't tend to get triggered with anymore because i just feel more still when it's happening mm, yes and i just yeah and i just yeah, kind of yeah, feel like yep yeah like more manageable like things are just much more manageable when you're meditating because you're just like oh this is this is nothing yeah that's, <laughs> that's that stillness that stillness that that you know it's kind of like when i'm doing it it's kind of like i'm recharging as well you know i'm just at peace and nothing's disturbing me and it's quiet and i'm listening to my uh, meditation my guided meditation i got one from aaron doherty and the other ones from um friend of mine on Facebook sent it to me. It's uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza. Um, I have his, yes. I was just going to say that. Okay, so that's how I know I'm psychic. Because <laughs> I, was really say, I was like, he's about to say Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he said it, I'm like, yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. And it's fully deep, man. And I'm just like, yes. And I just feel like when I hear those sounds and his voice and stuff, it's like I'm connected with the universe, you know? Um, oh, yeah. And it's really, really deep, but it's, uh, it's amazing. Diana, you're incredible. Uh, you're, if, if people are listening to this and they don't feel your energy, then, um, then I'm not sure what planet, <laughs> what planet they are from. Um, but you're on fire. You're amazing. You're so inspirational. And I'm so excited to be connecting with you like this. I look forward to meeting you in person in the future. And I'm excited for your journey and where you're going to take what you're taking. Uh, you know, connecting with more people and, and being that light um, you know, to, to uh, awaken others and to lead others, you know, 
out of their darkness and, and into the light for them to shine and then have that ripple effect and, and impact more people. So I'm really excited to continue to follow your journey. Last question before we go, if you could change one thing in this world, what would it be to make it a better place? Okay. I have to just address you. That was beautiful. And thank you so much. <laughs> like, thank you so much because I want to say that you have an amazing talent at this and like this is this is your this is your thing like you got the thing like this is your light that you're shining right now and so thank you so much for allowing me to you know come on here and and share in this you know beautiful energy exchange and it just allow just allow me to be here and and bask in this presence and and really pull me forward so I appreciate you a lot thank you so much Luke and if there was one thing I can change the answer would be nothing of course because everything is perfect the way it is <laughs> like everything Amazing. everything if it wasn't then it wouldn't be what it is so it's like no if, the, if, if I change one thing about it then we you and I would not even be here on this phone call right now yep. I wouldn't even know who I'd be you know no nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> beautiful amazing Diana, thank you so much for your time i appreciate you and i receive you, your energy Luke. and everything and your wisdom and everything that you just projected at me thank you so much Luke. i appreciate you as well and um yeah if anybody's listening to this that wants to connect with me yeah sorry uh, where can am, we find you oh yeah i'm at the urban indigo on instagram at the urban indigo and yeah so i'm actually also starting uh new YouTube series that this, this is actually channeled to me during an ayahuasca ceremony called the ayahuasca diaries in which I will be just documenting, you know, confessional style, like all of the different experiences that I go through in my ceremonies, as well as, you know, other people that'll be coming on and sharing their experiences as well. And so I'm on YouTube at Diana Min. And yeah, we will be connecting and sharing more content together pretty soon, I'm sure. So <laughs> amazing. Thank you so much, Diana. Thank you, Luke. I hope you guys have a great night sending all my love. Much love. Peace. Oh man, what a blessing. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's always another day, another blessing, and I'm so overwhelmed with love, joy, and gratitude to be using this gift of communication that I have been blessed with to use my life journey, wisdom, and character to be a possible catalyst for someone's darkness. Your support means the universe to me, and I appreciate you so much. If there is one thing I can say about my life, it's this. The number one thing that's revolutionized the way I think, the connections I have, and the way I live is Facebook groups, just like the group I have created, Dream Chasers. And this group can do the same for you. If you're a dream chaser or just want more support and inspiration in your life, join for free. The link is in the show notes. I truly love connecting with people and hearing from you. So if you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, it means everything to me if you would leave a review and rating. Let me know your thoughts. It really helps out. I love you and I believe in you. Keep pushing every day and never give up. I am available on YouTube. The link is in the show notes or you can simply type Luke MP into the YouTube search bar. You can follow me at Luke Mindpower on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. 
To be notified when a new episode drops, be sure to follow or subscribe on the app that you're listening on. Positive vibes only. Love yourself more. Believe in yourself. You have something special. You have greatness within you. And if you ever need a reminder, send me a DM. Much love. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.